As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. We are super excited for this week's episode because football season's here, and we have a lot to talk about about the game, and that's basically all we're going to be doing this week is talking football. So it's back. We're excited. I know Rob's excited. And speaking of Rob, how you doing today, Rob? Fantastic, man. It's always always better to hop on the pod after a win, yeah. and a convincing win at that, and We'll get into this in a little bit more detail. You know, it was Richmond, so take everything with a grain of salt, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I think this was a great start to the season. Yeah, it's a good step in the right direction, and I'm really excited to see where this team can go, and I'm super excited to see how they respond uh, next week against Indiana, and I just want to start off by saying that Rob and I are a little bit tired. We had a late night celebrating so rob actually we had a sleepover because rob couldn't make the drive home like to thank the jones household for welcoming me in with open arms great pancakes pancakes sausage anything he wanted rob had so thank you mama jones thank you papa jones that that's all we're gonna say about that but uh (laughs) probably best (laughs) i think y'all saw probably way too much of a twitter video that got posted so It was a good game, a lot of fun, good W, and now it's Sunday. It's Sunday, and we got to start talking about football. So I wanted to start off with, you know, the big question mark that I think everyone had, which was Bryce Perkins, and I think that a lot of people, there's some things I liked, and there's some things that I didn't love, and Rob, I want you to start off just like your thoughts on Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins was pretty much everything he was built up to be as a runner no doubt I mean the guy can take off and go he was more powerful than I expected as a runner I thought he'd be a little shiftier but I mean he's a guy that has all the speed in the world will take off and he's not as big as Cam Newton but he kind of has that same running style he reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts actually from Alabama I think when you look at the passing game though there was probably a little bit more to be desired the pick six is what it is he missed you know he didn't see the linebacker who caught it that happened I think what we're gonna have to see though is kind of in true drop back situations whether or not he can read the defense whether or not he has the arm strength or the accuracy I mean that should have been a touchdown to to Tavares Kelly so there's definitely still more to be desired I don't Mm want to get too far ahead of myself it's his first start And he did a terrific job on the ground, and we'll get into that. Everything that he does on the ground opens up everything else. So overall, 
there wasn't a perfect performance, but I was really happy. Yeah, so when when we came into the stadium yesterday, we were a little bit late because of the rain delay and the lines were so long. So we only saw, we came in, we sat down, and we saw the pick six. And my first thought was, oh my gosh. Here we go again. This is <laughs> this is the same old UVA story. But to his credit, he Perkins did not let that take over his game. He just started running the ball. And that's where his strength is. And we knew that's where his strength was, running the ball. And he ran for over 100 yards as the first quarterback to do that since m- my boy Jameel Sewell. 2009. 2009. And... It's also the first time that we've had two 100-yard rushes in the same game. Since VMI. Yeah. 2013. Since VMI 2013. So I think that this is great, and having a running quarterback definitely opens up that defense a lot. And hopefully his legs can keep us in the game so that we don't have to throw it a lot. Because so far from what I see from his arm is not spectacular we're not going to win games throwing the ball this year no and it's going to be one of those things where you know maybe we have to really play conservatively to make sure we don't fall behind but Mm -hmm. perkins strength is definitely as a runner you saw it scrambling you saw it on design keepers you saw it on true option plays i mean the second Mm -hmm. touchdown was just a true option left that he kept and turned the corner so there's a lot you can do and it's really diverse ground game and hopefully we haven't seen that much of it hopefully Mm -hmm. they kept the playbook pretty calm against richmond yeah hopefully next week we're gonna see a lot more wrinkles and maybe that'll come in the passing game too yeah and we you know we didn't see any wide receiver jet sweeps or anything like that from zacchaeus yeah or even javars kelly so i think that if they can bring some and that's something that we did a lot last year especially when our ground game wasn't going very well that's something to keep an eye on is just how do they u- utilize all those speed that all that speed that we have at receiver. Definitely. I mean, we saw a little bit of what they want to try to do. I mean, Tavares Kelly just burned his man early on. Hopefully, you know, Bryce can hit those, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks once he gets more settled in. Yeah. But we saw what Alameda can do after the catch. I think we all knew that. You're right. There's a lot more team speed, which really all starts at the quarterback position. I mean, all of a sudden you have the quarterback that can run, and Jordan Ellis has the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. I've been critical of Jordan Ellis before. He ran for 147 yards. He had a career, that was a career high for him. Yeah, 7.3 yards a carry. Bryce also had 8.3 yards a carry. He had mm-hmm. 108 yards. I mean, it opens up everything else. And you get those one-on-one matchups. And there were so many times where I'd see a one-on-one matchup on the outside. And yeah. You know, hopefully we're going to start taking advantage of that pretty soon. Yeah. And the the other thing that is good about having a good run game with, with your quarterback and with your running backs is that if you if, if they're going to start packing that box in, it's going to have a lot more for a quick slant and go. I mean, you saw that with uh, Zacchaeus, who took a basically a four-yard pass into a 30 five yard touchdown i don't think he was touched either uh, he that was wasn't just he, pure speed yeah he just ran past pure everyone. speed and so that's the kind of thing that i think we're gonna see a lot we're not gonna see a lot of bombs we're gonna see a lot of quick slants or bubble screens that i think can be taken for a lot and then defensively before we bring on our guests i want to talk a little bit about the defense as well this was an area that to me was probably more critical than the offense because i remember two years ago when we played richmond and richmond ran it up our gut 
Kyle Oletta clearly was a better quarterback than Kurt Benkert at the time. Mm -hmm. The Richmond offense, just man for man, was bigger. They were stronger. They were more confident than what we were two years ago. And this year, it was the complete opposite. We held Richmond to 34 yards rushing, and 17 of that was on one carry. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the defense did an incredible job. They only allowed six points because, you know, seven came on that pick six. Right. And the rushing defense... They did a good job rotating in the defensive line. Jordan Redmond, the freshman, started mm-hmm. at nose tackle. That allowed Eli Handback to move to end. They got Aaron Famui in there. Mandy mm-hmm. Alonso played fine. Richard Burney had really great. He got into the backfield one time, stopped the runner for a loss. That dude's put on quite a bit of weight. I was yeah. impressed with Richard Burney. Yeah. And then you go into the secondary, and Darius Braddon has to be, to me, maybe the most important piece of the secondary. Most important, <laughs> I take that back. But he's the most important newcomer, I think, because Joey mm-hmm. Blunt played well. But Darius Braddon, I think, was a physical corner, had two great pass breakups. And all of a sudden now with him in the game, Tim Harris didn't play that great, quite mm-hmm. frankly. But with him in the game, now you have that confidence in your extra corner. You can utilize both Joey Blunt and Brendan Nelson. And you see Bronco Mendenhall taking advantage of that depth. Yeah. And it just is a really good thing to have not only for injuries but just for the way that you're able to mix things up mm-hmm. and just going back to the secondary i mean there were there were several times where we had really good coverage and the richmond quarterback just made a heck of a throw yep. and there was a heck of a catch and that happened i counted two or three times where i thought there was really good coverage and that's going to happen you know throughout the season but I thought we played really good defense, especially on the front seven where we only allowed 56 rushing yards, and that's not including sacks. But I think, and that's something that, you know, the big question marks are on the defensive line with all those injuries and is there enough depth? And I think that those questions were answered. Once again, we got to, this is Richmond, Richmond. right? (laughs) So they don't have the kind of athletes that Indiana or even Ohio are going to have, right? So I think it's good to temper our expectations, but I, I'm excited to see next week if they can continue to build on how they played this week. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't want to downplay anything because this was absolutely the type of start we wanted. I mean, we blew a team out. We don't mm-hmm. blow teams out that often. Right. That was a ton of fun. Yeah. We saw everything we wanted to from Bryce Perkins on the ground game. Mm-hmm. We saw everything we could have asked for from the defense. Mm-hmm. The passing game, again, We'll see. I'm hoping it'll open up a little bit. And as Bryce Perkins gets more comfortable, Mm -hmm. we'll see a little bit more diversity, a little bit more uh, just kind of people and schemes and hopefully some arm strength and some accuracy improving. But I mean, this is, I don't want to downplay this. This is exactly what we wanted to see. This is exactly the step in the right direction. And Mm -hmm. for Bronco, it's exactly what he needed to continue to sell his vision of the program. Look where we were two years ago. Look where we are now. Two years ago, we were blown out by Richmond. Mm-hmm. Richmond was the better team than us, and it really wasn't close. And this year, it's flipped. Yeah, We are clearly better than Richmond, and it's not close. And two years has made a huge difference on this team, right? So when Bronco first came in, he realized that not just the team needed to be changed, but the mentality of the team needed to be changed. And now that their mentality's changed over the past couple of years, he's really starting to get his guys. He's starting to get his... He's starting to get the way he wants to actually play. And so and we see that on the field now. 
We saw and, that with Bryce Perkins. We saw it with Brennan Armstrong at the right, end of the game too. Right. Brennan Armstrong came in and he, you know, he, he seemed to have a good arm, but he can also run the ball. So I think this is the kind of quarterback and the type of players that we're going to be have to get used to seeing as a UVA fan base. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our high level summary of what happened. We're going to get a little bit more into the details and also the commitment of Jaquay Hubbard. Jaquay Hubbard is a four-star uh, offensive tackle, according to rivals, that committed to us last night during the game, mm-hmm. which really exciting. Bronco now this is his third four-star he's brought in in this 2019 class. So we're going to dive back into the game a little bit more, into this recruitment a little bit more in this episode. But first, let's go ahead and give a call and bring on our guest this week. Hello? Hey, George. Welcome back on. And I think we're live right now. Yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. Glad to be here. All right. Great. So everyone, this is George. He is the man behind the Cavalier Blue Twitter account. Uh, Just one of the best UVA Twitter accounts out there. One of the few that everyone follows that George knows his stuff. And we're thrilled to have him on the Guys and Ties podcast. So... George, hopefully hopefully we can dig in a little bit here, kind of pick your thoughts on the game um, and kind of the initial first impressions you had, because Dustin and I, all things considered, were really, really happy with how things went. I think across the board, you're giving a passing grade to every position unit, everything you wanted to see. I think we pretty much saw it last night. Yeah, like you guys said, it's, it was definitely encouraging. It was against Richmond, obviously, but... Everything I saw looked great. I mean, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was we actually had, like, electric, big chunk yardage plays. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the last couple of years, it's just been, like, all of our, we haven't had any big plays. It's all been, like, underneath and short and predictable offense. And having Bryce back there, obviously, he's, he looked electric. The receivers looked good. The running game looked great. I was really happy with it. The defense didn't give up a touchdown. They gave up a few big plays. But overall, I thought they looked great. It really only, uh, kind of concern I had was just Bryce had a lot of pressure in his face kind of in that second half. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was kind of struggling a little bit in the pass protection. But one thing I've kind of noticed is, so I'm an App State fan, a lot of times when they play, well, I'm heartbroken from last night, but yeah, was close. one thing I've noticed is a lot of the smaller schools' defensive lines are actually just smaller players. and A lot of times they're a little bit quicker. They don't have the size on them. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times, like I've noticed when App State plays like a bigger team, they can generate like a decent pass rush because I think a lot of these offensive linemen sometimes aren't used to some of these smaller, quick, quicker like defensive linemen. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm hoping for that happened there is Richmond has had a little bit of undersized, quicker guys on the line, but the running game looked phenomenal, whether we have like close to 300 yards rushing. Like I don't yeah. remember when the last time that happened, but overall I thought it was awesome. Yeah, so I mean, it was the most rushing yards we've had since VMI, and and I I mean I mean we we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we we love the rushing game, and I think a concern for me is what happens when we inevitably get down, and in a game, and we have to start passing, and what is that going to look like with the what we saw from last night from Bryce Perkins? Yeah, no, I I agree. That's the only thing that I'm honestly super concerned about is the defense and offensive line but mm-hmm. our pass pro needs to be a little bit better the receivers there are exciting i mean obviously we have you know uh zacchaeus is 
phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You got his these two boys, which, I mean, he had an offer from Ohio State coming out of high school. He's really talented. Joe Reed's great. Terrell Jana, like, you got Devontae Cross. I mean, we have some good receivers across the board. So, Perkins, I thought, did a good job. He struggled a little bit with some accuracy sometimes, but, I mean, everyone does. I mean, Ben Curry even struggled with accuracy last year, and he had a pretty good arm on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that um, hit our rookie, Javar Kelly, up on a deep pass, I remember, in the first half and missed yeah. him on that. But he had some pretty good intermediate passes, and I thought he ran the offense pretty well outside of that pick six. I think he might force it a little bit more than some of our previous quarterbacks, but it also might lead to some bigger plays. And I think also with that pass rush, I mean, obviously this isn't like a game plan, but sometimes with a pass rush, if you can avoid that first guy mm-hmm. with a dual-threat quarterback like him, you can actually create some big plays. You know, yeah. so If you can make a guy miss, and obviously that's, not what we want is him getting a ton of pressure in his face, but he could break off a few big runs sometimes with that also. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw really his first rushing touchdown. It was just man defense in the back, and he got past that initial pass rush, and then all of a sudden there was 30 yards. There's just no one in front of him. Yeah, it was great. But, I mean, George, you really touch on something that I think is really important is that this offense is fun. I mean, when's the last time we had an offense that, was fun. I mean, I can think back to the UConn game last year when Kurt Benkert really aired it out. But, I mean, this was an offense. You had, you like, a little bit of the true option, the pitching game. You had kind of your traditional RPOs. But you also had these chunk plays, and you saw it from Alameda Zacchaeus. Hopefully, we're going to see it more from Tavares Kelly uh, later in the season. We saw what he could do just with his quickness on that one deep ball that hopefully we can hit next time. But, I had a great time watching the offense. It was the first time I had sat in a long time and watched the Virginia offense. I was like, man, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, there's definitely more team speed. I feel like that's something Bronco has really been emphasizing. It. I think he's even willing to sacrifice size for speed on offense. I mean, we got Tyquest and Carey coming in next year. Seneca Millage, they're both kind of like smaller guys, but they're really fast and electric and I think he's willing to maybe sacrifice some of that size on the outside of the slot running back positions if it means we're going to get faster I think Mm -hmm. that's paying off for us yeah I think that's definitely the case on the outside and then we saw kind of see Stupois he's kind of playing in the inside that tight end role uh Evan Butts dropped a couple early passes but hopefully we'll get him more involved I mean it seems like the middle of the field is going to be kind of for the bigger guys but we're trying to get speed along the sidelines outside the edge push the boundaries I mean, it was fun. I like. I had a great time watching that. Yeah, I mean, like it was. It was just a fun game all around. I was a little nervous, admittedly, after the first six six. I was mm-hmm. like, Ugh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the and whole I, stadium I was. was. Yeah, the demeanor there right afterwards is they didn't really look panicked or even anything. Like right after they scored the touchdown, you saw the players kind of. I don't know. They didn't even seem frustrated. They just seemed like, all right, we just got to work harder now. And mm-hmm. I think with the Broncos' whole mindset, I think the guys have really bought in. They bounced back great. And again, it's Richmond, but everything that I saw looked great. Yeah, everything looked great. Uh, one thing that you mentioned was players coming in next year. And a player that we're all excited about is the commit that we got last night. Yeah, so Jaquette Hubbard, out of, he's like the number one offensive lineman of Pennsylvania, I believe, and picked us over Mississippi State, Syracuse, and uh, he had another one on his list. But I think he's a big time talent. Rivals. Yeah, yeah. The Pittsburgh gets right. Um, he's a four star recruit on Rivals. His 24-7 composite, he's a three-star, but he's pretty much like ranked across the board as maybe our second best pledge in next year's class, and mm-hmm. he's a giant person. I mean, he's 6'6", 320, <laughs> and I think that's actually after he cut weight. 
So <laughs> wow. he's a huge, yeah, he's a huge guy. I think he was even bigger than that as like a freshman or sophomore. Yeah. But I think that's another thing Bronco has been working on is kind of building size on the offensive line. And you guys have talked about this. I've heard a couple other podcasts just building that offensive line. But he's really been recruiting a bunch of bigger guys who can get downhill and I think run the ball. I think that's going to pay off. And even on the defensive side, you got Juwan Briggs coming in. He's going to be amazing. And then even class of 2020, they got Jameer Carter, who looks like a good player. And then if they can land Ben Smiley in mm-hmm. 2019, that's all of a sudden a phenomenal defensive line. And not to put anything down on our offensive line right now, they look like they're developing well. But coming out of high school, they were not the caliber of players that we're going to get. So yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. And Jaquay Hubbard's a big step in that direction. He's Looks like he could be a big player. He might need to work on his foot speed a little bit with his size, but he looks great. I also saw in 24-7 we had um, Mike Hollins running back out of Louisiana on campus on an official visit. And um, if we could land him, he has an offer from Alabama. And it looks like right now it's between, like I don't know, at least what I'm saying is SMU, Alabama, and Virginia. And SMU right now people think might be the favorite, but – I don't know how their team is going to be this year. They might struggle. If we have a good official visit with him, if we could get him on board, that would be a big step also. Yeah. I mean, I think you touch on it big step. And we can look at the individual players and we can say, hey, this is a good player. This is where he fits in. You know, let's reemphasize the lines. All that makes sense. You take a step back even further, though. You say, hey, all of a sudden, here's this recruiting momentum again. I mean, this is something we haven't seen kind of these four-star guys, and at least momentum trying to build towards something really since the early London years. And most of those guys didn't exactly pan out the way we had hoping hoped at least reach their ceiling as far as potential goes. But this is the first time over the past couple months we've seen Bronco kind of build this momentum. And I'm telling you, if we get a win next week against Indiana, if all of a sudden maybe we start 3-0, and you know, that's going to keep coming. And oh, there's yeah. just a lot of positive momentum around the program right now. And the win last night against Richmond solidified that. And that commitment was just icing on the cake and said, hey, look, we're really moving in the right direction. I agree. I mean, and nothing against, again, the previous recruiting classes. Bronco is a great developer of talent, and I'm sure a lot of those guys are going to be good. But there's definitely a correlation between getting good players and having success on the field. Ideally, he can get good players and develop them into even better players, like you said. If he can do that, we could make a big step. And yeah, like you said, if we can start three and zero, and I saw Indiana struggled a little bit, and Ohio struggled a lot against Howard, which I looked up that, and Richmond beat Howard by like thirty points last year. So wow. maybe Howard's a different team this year. I know it's a different team, but that's I mean. And then if we can get going to Louisville three and zero, I mean, I could see the place being packed. I mean, that's the kind of momentum we need, and with the recruiting and everything going on, I think we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, sounds like Mike London gave Ohio a tough time, but hopefully, we'll see how he's <laughs> turning that program around. Um, but yeah, I I love what what you said about you know, especially player development. And speaking of Mike London, he he was not someone who could ever really seem to be able to develop players. Like he always landed the the flashy five stars like Smoke Mizell and Andrew Brown, Quinn Blanding. And Quinn Blanding was great. Andrew Brown turned out okay and Smoke turned out okay too. But, you know, when you see that five star, you really expect like big time players. And oh, yeah, under yeah. under London, that never really happened. But under Bronco, hopefully once we start getting those four stars, those five stars, we really see a difference in how they develop on the field. You can even see that with 
some of the more unheralded guys. I mean, one thing that Bronco keeps emphasizing is that how many true freshmen he's played. I mean, guys like Bryce Hall came in and played immediately and turned out to be great. Same, uh, you know, Brendan Nelson, Jordan Mack. Darius Braddon is becoming one of my favorite players on this team, a lot with that Roanoke connection, but also just a big physical corner, kind of like how Bryce Hall is. I mean, we've seen hopefully Tavares Kelly on offense will kind of reach that role. We've seen Bronco come in and take these kind of less heralded, if you will, players and turn them into really good college football players. And now the step is, can we take these guys who come in as good college football players and take them to that first, second team, all ACC level? Yeah, I mean, I think he's also great at scouting those types of players. They're kind of under the radar, his type of player, because he's really had to do that his entire career. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously at BYU, he wasn't going to bring the big, big players. He kind of defined the under the radar guys, so he has experience doing that. You can tell he definitely has kind of a type of player. You know, he likes kind of his bigger outside rangey corners. He likes his taller outside linebackers. He wants the big offensive line. I mean, he has kind of types of players that he goes after, and I'm sure with Bronco, character is a big thing, too. He's got to get the right guy of the team and I'm just excited that the recruiting is building up and for like all intents and purposes that game one was phenomenal and I can nitpick at it but it was electric it was exciting Bryce Perkins was pretty much like we didn't know a whole lot about him coming in but that's that's kind of what they were telling us you know like he's super electric in the field and super mm-hmm. fast and when they were telling me he was faster than Zacchaeus I thought it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing like I was like <laughs> oh yeah like he's fast but no like I mean on that like 45 yard run or whatever yeah. he was he took off like he is a game breaker fast and I just hope they can keep him healthy all year. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, something I didn't expect about him was how he can shed tackles. I mean, he, he looked like a poor man's Cam Newton out there, but just the way that he could throw some people off him. I thought he would be, you know, quicker, a little bit harder to catch Juki-wise, but he just, you know, plowed through some people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think also he's really not that small of a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I think he's 6'2", a little over 200 pounds, but he's not that and he's, I mean, that's great speed for that size. That's phenomenal. And just to get back to that, like his running, like his um, older brother is, was a running back at UCLA, and he played for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got four inches on him, and he's just as fast. I mean, so he's got some power to him if he needs it. I hope he doesn't really have to use that power. I don't <laughs> yeah. want him getting hurt. But I do think, like, yeah, he's elusive, but he can definitely break some arm tackles. Mm-hmm. And one other thing we do want to touch on is depth, and in particular special teams. One thing that Chris Wright brought up, our guest last week, was this growing depth on the team. Are we going to see it reflected in special teams? And I think to an extent, we did. I, You know, we saw uh, Richmond kick away from Joe Reed. They didn't want to touch Joe Reed. Kickoff, six out of the seven went for touchbacks. But then also the coverage units played really well. And then you look at even who's playing on the coverage units. There's still some starters playing, like, for example, Juan Thornhill is on those gunner teams, which kind of surprised me also as the punt returner to have that important player doing that those types of roles. But we're also seeing more and more guys come in. If you remember two years ago against Richmond, Bronco said, you are not going to start this game unless you can play special teams. So all those special teams units were filled with starters because he felt he had to get his best players on the field. And now we're seeing more and more of these guys trickle in, more depth players, more of your backup linebackers, backup corners, safeties, receivers out there. And to me, that's just a really good sign of progress. We're seeing guys come in, whether they're true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, underclassmen, guys that are just ready 
even if not at their position groups, physically, mentally ready to go out and compete and play football at the Division One level. And that was one thing that, to me, was a big sign of progress, just where we were two years ago versus where we are right now. You know, I didn't think about that, but I, I think you're right on there. I think it has a lot to do with like his trust. I mean, when he first got here, he didn't trust the backups to be able to handle that job, so he was forced to put the starters in there, which probably isn't ideal. So I think that reflects our depth, that he has more trust in these guys now, that he can send them out on special teams, that he's not going to worry about you know, them not staying in their lane or not making the tackle. Overall, you know, I'm not the biggest special teams buff, but <laughs> I thought, yeah, I mean, everything looked pretty good outside of that uh, that field goal, and I guess they had that, like, weird onside kick recovery where they drilled it off our guy's face or something. But, <laughs> yeah, if we can get a kicker, and I also saw, I think the kicker had pretty good reviews in camp, right? But I think we have another kicker coming in next year who was ranked by some kicking service as the number 10 kicker in the country. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a kicker who can make some consistent kicks sometime soon. But to get back to your point, I definitely that, I didn't think about that, but that is a good sign of progress that he is willing to trust some of these guys who are backups to play on the field and make plays. Yeah, no, for sure. There's, again, just I think a lot to be excited about right now and just seeing the way the schedule leans. Hopefully we can get a win against Indiana next week. And then if you get a win against Ohio, all of a sudden, there's just tons of momentum. But one thing before we let you go, George, we know you're a uniform guy. I'm a uniform guy. I love when teams come oh, yeah. out with their good looks. What was your thoughts on our new looks? Uh, the orange, the helmets, all the above. What do you think about those? I thought it was a great look. And personally, I mean, I like the orange, but I also love the navy. But I thought the helmet stripes are a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. They redid the font on the numbers on the side of the helmet. Yeah, that's huge. sound like a big deal. But it looks way better. And that, I really noticed it's better. They got the um, the stripes on the sides. The jerseys are pretty clean. There's not too, too much clutter going on with them. I, I love them. And I would have loved to see maybe some, I thought that look was great, but some blue top. My favorite look going back was, you know, the blue tops and orange pants. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, the orange top and blue pants. Mm-hmm. That's a great look, but I guess they're going with the white helmets for the most part. I was never a fan of the Mike London orange helmet, orange top, white pants look personally, but oh. I do like when they incorporate the orange. And last year, not having any alternative jerseys, like, I get that you want to focus on the game or whatever, but... It's also not that big of a deal to switch up the jerseys. I think this player's excited. I think this is a really clean look. It's the best jersey we've had in a while. To be fair, I, I do want to say that I was a fan of the orange helmet, orange top, <laughs> and even the orange pants, too. Oh, I, I was geez, a big fan. I, bad taste over here. I uh, I thought it was good, but anyway, anyway, my opinion doesn't matter. That's my uniform digression. <laughs> I love a good-looking uniform. I'm with you. I hope I, hope, I like when we stick with the blues and throw orange in there maybe once or twice a year for mm-hmm. a big game. But yep. I love, I don't know, I just love college football. That's one of the details that you just you just got to dive into and you got to embrace. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I think we had a really good conversation. I think we hit on really everything we wanted to talk about. George, was there anything that kind of stood out to you uh, before we let you go that we didn't touch on that you think was a uh, kind of important takeaway from this game as you schedule prediction do you think any different now that you saw the first game are you still thinking maybe six wins seven wins five wins are you, are you more optimistic or i was always optimistic <laughs> i i had us at seven wins but i i think it also goes back to how other teams played as well i mean if you look at how louisville played uh, they were playing alabama and we were playing richmond but I think as a fan, <laughs> it just gets me more excited about um, about who we play and, and when we play them and where we play them. And 
I, I'm excited for the season. I, I always was, but seeing the first game and seeing us, you know, go out there and really get a good win was was exciting. So I'm sticking with seven wins. Not sure where they're going to come from, but I think we'll find a way. Yeah, I think. And even NC State looked fairly beatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, again, yeah. they, oh, they yeah. played JMU and it's the first game of the year, but JMU was playing them tough. I mean, JMU had some chances to win that game, and so this Louisville NC State game is just the first game of the year. Yeah. But I think I think they have a shot at this. And before the season started, I might not have been so optimistic about those games. Yeah, and we'll see what what Tech looks on Monday night, uh, but. But I'll yeah. actually be at that game, so oh, yeah, that's that'll be jealous. fun. That'll be fun. That's big time football. That'll oh, be yeah. fun. That'll be really fun. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. It was an awesome discussion. Everyone, follow him on Twitter at Cavalier Blue. Again, just one of those accounts. You get your recruiting, you get your in-game analysis, you get your little uniform musings, which I love. Uh, just a lot of good <laughs> stuff on there. So that's George. Thanks for coming on. This has been awesome, and really appreciate your time today. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. All right, so thanks again to George, again, at Cavalier Blue on Twitter. Uh, Great guest. Always love getting just people on the show that know their stuff, that know their football, and we'll be getting people that know their basketball, too. um, And people people who actually know that we're calling them, too. Yeah, that's true. We're we're taking a step up, you know. Our first guest, AC Photopolis, we love her. I think we caught her a little bit off guard. But, yeah, but... We've come a long way. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way. Although, at some point, we will call people randomly again. I like it. I think it's <laughs> funny. I think it's funny. So, something that we want to end on today is looking forward to next week versus Indiana and something that we can maybe look for or how Indiana did. So, Rob, what what do you think we're going to look for next week versus Indiana? I think you can kind of look at it two directions. Offense and defense. Offense, Indiana is going to be, or when we're on offense, Indiana's defense is going to be most likely a little better than Richmond's. That's just kind of what happens when you go from an FCS level to a Power 5 conference level. So the question becomes, what do we look like? Are we still able to run the same offense? Are these runs, these stretches outside, this true option game where Bryce is running and has the option to pitch it, does that still work? And whether it works or not, how that plays into the passing game. If it's working, hopefully the passing game gets open. These short, underneath, slant routes that we saw last night, hopefully that stays open. If the running game isn't as effective, then it becomes, well, how much can we put on Bryce's shoulders as far as passing game? So this offense is really going to be set up by the run. The run is going to dictate what we're able to do in the passing game. And then defensively, it has to be on our ability to contain Peyton Ramsey because obviously we had a really good good first quarter against Indiana last season then they made the quarterback switch and things didn't go as planned afterwards yeah so in order we're going to be able to game plan against him this time I'll be curious to see if we put a spy on there both Jordan Mack and Malcolm Cook have above average speed for linebackers both were safeties in high school So whether or not we put a spy on him, whether we're able to keep him in the pocket, there's going to be a lot to watch. I think the secondary is going to be fine. It's going to be if we can limit Peyton Ramsey as a runner. Because passing, he was okay this week against uh, Florida International. He only had 156 passing yards. But it all comes down to 
can we eliminate that wild card that we saw last year, which was his ability to run? Yeah, and something else that uh, I noticed when looking at Indiana's game versus Florida International last night is that they played two quarterbacks again. So one played the first half, one played the second half. And one, I mean, they both seemed to be capable. One had three touchdowns and an interception, and another one had another touching passing touchdown. But this is, I, I, I'm not sure what to expect, whether they're going to keep doing that or if they're going to do something to uh, change that or just keep one, uh, one quarterback. Something interesting that I also noticed is that their starting quarterback also threw an interception on the first drive hmm. and then subsequently had three touchdowns, three touchdown drives right after that, three out of four touchdown drives. So a very similar start to how uh, UVA played, but it seems that Indiana's defense did not hold up the Golden Panthers as well as we did to Richmond. So hopefully we can get something going with the ground game, as Rob was saying, and hopefully the passing game opens up a little bit too. Um, It also goes back to our defense, right? How can our defense stop the passing? And so, once again, our secondary is our strength, the defense. Their starting running back is still suspended, I think. And so having a less capable runner to stop, I think is going to help our defense a lot. Yeah, I mean, spot on, spot on analysis. And one thing I'll say, I loved how we just deployed our defensive secondary last night. Uh, just the way we played, we had, uh, you know, I think Darius Braden is going to continue to play more and more over Tim Harris in that one cornerback role. Uh, Bryce Hall did a good job on the outside. Brent Nelson and uh, Juan Thornhill played at safety, but then when we went nickel, we were able to bring Joey Blunt in as a safety and slide Brent Nelson into that nickel corner role. So, I mean, we're able to get really our best five players on the field. And the way they deployed that was really effective. Both Brendan Nelson and Joey Blunt had interceptions. I mean, there's a lot to get excited about back there, a whole lot. So I I think we'll be in good shape in the passing game. If we can contain the run, keep Peyton Ramsey true in the pocket, make him beat us with his arm, I think we're going to be in really good shape. And this is a game that I predicted we would win and our opening season predictions mm-hmm. i still think we do and i just have more confidence last night just served as validation of hey what the coaching staff has been saying is legit and we also had fun doing it there's definitely reason to be excited for next week against indiana there's a lot to be excited for they allowed uh over 100 more yards than we did on defense last night so hopefully we'll just run all over them ESPN is predicting that Indiana wins 60, 62% to 37%, more or less. I'm not too worried about that. I think it's going to be a good game either way. So if somehow you have Big Ten Network and can watch it, it should be good. Otherwise, you might want to find a bar because no one has Big Ten Network. <laughs> That's what me and Rob have discovered. Yeah, it's a little hard to find sometimes. No one has Big Ten Network. And with that, I think we're almost wrapped up. But I think we're going to give some yells real quick. So, Rob, do you want to give it a yell? Yeah, I'm going to give mine to Jordan Redmond. Jordan Redmond, true freshman, nose tackle, came in, made start last night. Jordan Redmond is the first true freshman to start on the UVA defensive line since 2002. I mean, that's 16 years. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan Redmond, six foot two, 320 pounds, 
this guy is a big man and he's a guy that i think is maybe not the best player on the defensive line he's a true freshman i'm not anointing anything but he is the guy that's going to open up everything else you saw when he was in the game all of a sudden we can move eli hand back to end Mm -hmm. richard bernie who's put on some weight for sure and had a really good tackle for loss in the backfield Richard Burney exceeded my expectations last night. Mm-hmm. Mandy Alonzo seems to be back from that high ankle sprain. Aaron Famui played. But when you have Jordan Redman, all of a sudden it's this extra piece that you can plug into the defensive line. You can move Eli Hand back to end. All of a sudden you have more depth at end. It just opens up everything else. And we saw they were really effective last night. They limited Richmond to net 30-some yards on the ground. There's He's the piece that came in that really surprised me how well he could play and remember i'm not putting any expectations on dylan thompson or cassius peace but when they come in all of a sudden there's two more bodies mm-hmm. how good they'll be we don't know yeah but for the time being jordan redmond is a critical piece on the defensive line gives us more depth allows us to move players to their strengths that was a really really positive showing that i was excited about so my give a yell is to jordan redmond congratulations great first start excited to see what these next three to four years are going to look like. Yeah. Uh, and my yell, it goes out to something that is not football related, very surprisingly, but basketball. Everyone knows I love basketball. So I'm going to give a shout to the men's basketball team for beating the coaches in their softball game, especially Ty Jerome, who had four home runs, 11 RBI. Super, super awesome to see that we are preparing for the season the correct way and not practicing, but we are playing softball. So uh, they, they do this every year. It's always fun to watch. So it's uh, the sixth time in a row that the players have beaten the coaches. And I think Tony's tried to recently recruit players who don't know how to play ba- baseball, but lots of cricket, lots of uh, soccer. You know, Mommy played soccer. Jack played volleyball. And uh, we got some, we got an Aussie and Statman. So who knows if he knows what baseball is, but coaching staff making a comeback. Maybe uh, they're trying. They're trying, and they it was close. They only won. They only lost by one point. But you know, maybe that coaching staff is going to break through sometime. But not this year. And congrats to the players again for for winning. But I think that is all that we have for y'all this week. So thank you so much for joining us again. Follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on Snapchat if you really want to. There was I, some great bonus content yesterday on Snapchat. There was. There was. Some bonus content for sure. I mean, if you go to Twitter, you might find a video of me and Rob at the end of the game. That was really bonus we content. We were super excited. But anyway, follow us. Subscribe on iTunes. Another note, we just moved from SoundCloud to a place called Podbean. If anyone is confused about that, but we are now on Podbean. It's a lot better for us for our needs anyway give us a follow and we look forward to seeing everyone next week after the indiana game go who's go who's the indiana